Welcome to Unsolicited with Jenny and Mary, a podcast containing mostly intelligent thoughts on things that may or may not matter. And I'm your co-host, Mary O'Regan. Jenny, oh, your turn. Hi, I'm Jenny Ewell. <laughs> and today, Just distracted for a minute. We have a very special guest, a real-life farmer, Barrett Johannesson, an old friend of mine. Barrett, say hi. Hi there, everybody. Uh, we wanted to talk with Barrett and kind of just like interview him and find out like what is it to be a farmer now and I one of the things that I find really interesting is that it's not like Barrett is like a 67 year old man who's been farming since like the 70s like he was a fashion designer lived in the city like totally had this like cool urban life and decided to like give it all up and move to rural Wisconsin and live on the land and like do the farming thing. So we kind of want to hear all about it. So yeah, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Let's well, thank see. you. What should we, so should we start with like, why? <laughs> like what, what? Yeah. That's like what? Great, yeah. That's a great question. Well, sure. Yeah. I, uh, so I didn't have a background in, in farming necessarily, uh, in some growing, you know, growing, growing flowers with my mom when I was a kid. Um, but living in the Twin Cities, um, I was studying uh, creative writing and uh, living in Uptown and um, basically just had sort of like the life that I, you know, wrote in the back of my diary when I was a kid. Like, this is the <laughs> kind of stuff I want to be doing. Um, and... And, you know, life throws you those curveballs. And uh, there were just there were a number of factors that just gradually kind of started changing. My my health really started to be affected by um, the, the things that I ate and consumed just my lifestyle while I was uh, going to school. I'm mm -hmm. sure anyone uh, hot, you're been, talking about hot pockets, right? Yeah, like, hot, <laughs> you know, basically like I'm dehydrated. Which kind of whiskey should I have? Or right. uh, Jenny, you're familiar with that. And peanut butter yes, on toast for dinner, <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I mean, so the I, health I remember question. you, like Barrett. We've known each other for like a million years, and I remember you always being a really good cook. Like even living in the city, like you were very conscious of like ingredients, and you could make cool stuff. It started. It started really small. I'd say it was. Uh, it, but it. It grew, definitely. I mean, I think I remember I had you over for late night curry once. Yeah. And uh, that was, it, it was the driest, perhaps, ever. Um, driest? <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember everything. You yeah, I don't know delicious. how you, it's like a, like a dry soup or something. I mean, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> uh, Interesting. It had like but, a drop of coconut milk. <laughs> yeah, a glaze. Yeah. So... <laughs> I mean, it was, I was inspired by a lot of different people who I came in touch with, um, you know, folks who took me to my first, uh, you know, Vietnamese restaurant or my first Thai restaurant. Um, yeah. my first time going to a farmer's market, downtown Minneapolis, uh, the Lindale one, which isn't necessarily local, but it was, it had that atmosphere and yeah. the smell of the roasting peanuts. So that inspired and, you? Well, yeah, and uh, and I think it was really it was uh, going to a farmers market. I realized like I can really like I can I feel like I can live large, or I feel like I can. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a college student, and 
don't get to eat a lot of fresh food or don't feel like I, you know, have the chops to cook it. And mm-hmm. um, it just really kind of found a way to interact with my roommates who were all really different people, but we loved going to the farmer's market and finding deals. Um, One of my, one of my roommates uh, really taught me a lot about thrift and frugality. Mm, Um, Remember Nick who is in the, uh, in the Pacific Northwest now. Oh, Uh, yeah. Um, He's a conductor of a symphony. If uh, that's fancy. Yeah. So that's really interesting. But, um, yeah, it started to come out of this uh, this place where it was like I, you know, I have to learn to take care of myself and make some better choices. And there's a lot of good food around here anyway, so it branched out from there definitely. Well, how did you pick where you are in Wisconsin? Oh, it was almost, you know, it was some of it seemed like it was actually just like demographics. Um, you know, despite the fact that uh, my my partner Joe. Um, is a native Wisconsinite and has roots here and, mm-hmm. and family in Western Wisconsin. We really kind of looked all over. We looked in, you know, other states in the Midwest. Looked at North Dakota. Um, can you farm there? You you can. They do. They do farming. Um, <laughs> they have soil. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. But, no. Can you tell I'm not from the Midwest? I'm like, yeah, yeah no. That's where you're like. I heard film. it was just that's a like... pile of rocks there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it never isn't snowy. It's not all the bad oh, yeah. lands. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. North Dakota definitely has all of those traits, and it also has this fantastic soil. Um, oh. It's it's pretty amazing, and it the. What am I trying to say here? I hope there's a way to edit some of this out. <laughs> <laughs> I like keeping it unedited. <laughs> so, um, the cost of living in North Dakota is very low. Um, so, you know, having building some of these advantages in when when you're starting, it's a really low margin business, not mm-hmm. like jewelry or fashion or anything interesting like that. Um, so, you know, trying to find a place that was affordable to live and uh, not a place where I had to, you know, have two or three other jobs on the side. Right. Um, I kind of failed at that. I have, I have a few jobs. Um, but um, so we looked at places where we would still be able to have a connection uh, with folks that we knew in the city and uh, with Joe's folks. And we ended up in Menominee, which is very uh, it's it's just about an hour away from the Twin Cities. So, okay. uh Despite the fact that it, it feels like a haul making, you know, week, weekly or multi-weekly deliveries, um, it's it will be really nice to actually live at the farm as well. So so you don't live there now? Yeah. And that's actually that is that is an incredible part of our story is that we have been running our farm uh, for this is our fourth year running the farm and our third year doing a CSA serving people in uh, in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And during that whole time, we have not had uh, shelter or power or water. Are you what? like camping? How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, where are you guys? Yeah, it's well, it's a really, it's it's a beautiful place out in the woods. If you can picture going down a tree-lined um, driveway and going down into a a dip and coming out on a hill and suddenly seeing. Uh, basically, uh, an open space that is the size of Central Park. Wow. And that's our park. And so you look into this valley, and it's 80 acres of pasture and 30 acres of woods. And you can 
not really see any neighbors. Um, we picked a place that was isolated and beautiful. Um, but yeah, it is very much like pioneering. We we started with with plain vacant land um, and pasture. So we're we we are literally pioneering. We have to do some pretty crazy things to get our food to market. But um, and is it just bought, the two of you? It is. That I was doing all this. Yeah, wow. it's the. Uh, yeah, and the first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we we're a really great team, though. We we do yeah. pretty much everything together, so um, we can we can handle the long days in the sun and. Um, Wow, and there's not there's not too much fighting. Um, yeah, that would be yeah, that would be the hard one for me. So, do you guys live on like how far away do you actually live from the pasture? We like, live um, we live 50 miles away. Ooh, that's and, a commute. Um, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a commute. Um, so we've tried it a number of different ways. We borrowed um, a camper or a, a trailer. Actually, it is a fish house. Um, it's a fish house. Wow. So we borrowed a fish house and we stayed in there for a while. Um, it's pretty nice as fish houses go. Um, do they, have, a, do they a have a bathroom? Out. Um, you know, it doesn't have any drains. Okay. <laughs> or, no bathroom. You know, so, Use the beauty yeah, of nature. So <laughs> it's a, that, that's what makes it a kitchenette. And, um, so yeah, w- I, it, there are a number of different things. One is that uh, when we do harvests at the farm, we do them, um, you know, considering the no power, no water. Um, so we harvest into coolers and, and sometimes they have ice. Sometimes they're naturally cool. We leave them out overnight. Mm-hmm, we do mm-hmm. lots of natural things, natural cooling, like leave it in the shade overnight. Um, but then everything does have to come back here uh, to be washed. Uh, and yeah. that's to our rental place. So, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of hurdles, but it's been really interesting to learn that because now um, you know we can bring really fresh herbs to market and uh, we do bouquets um, rather Ooh. than you know like plastic packaging. So um, yeah, it's been really interesting. It's unlike a lot of other farmers uh, that I know, and uh, it's generally referred to as truck farming. And um, mm. like the schlepping of all the stuff. Truck farming? The schlepping, and especially, yeah, and the not living at the place where you farm. So ah. a lot of folks will have you know, another field that's maybe, you know, eight or ten miles away. Or maybe just right across the road uh, or rented from a neighbor. But we are we are 50 miles away. And so are you living in a town or outside of a town? or We're Living outside of a town, um, it's it, this place is also out in the country. So it, we're going from like one really rural place and then passing through a couple cities. We drive across an interstate. Okay. Um, but otherwise it's, it's all, it's all quite rural. How so, come you just, why did you, why didn't you just farm where you live? Is it because the land isn't as awesome as where you found and purchased? Yeah, there, well, in some cases, yeah, it's not as awesome. What's awesome about our land is the soil. I mean, just ah. flat out. The soil there is fantastic uh, for growing a number of different things, but it also it has a pedigree from the previous farmer who uh, he and his family just never really got into chemical agriculture. Uh, mm. Oh, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Stuff. Yeah, so um, despite the land not being certified organic, it 
is in my eyes as good as that. Um, yeah. It doesn't have the stamp of approval necessarily, but I, I know the history of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then the other things going on here are people are nuts about deer where we live oh. and all of the woodland and anything that isn't rented out for corn or GMO corn or GMO soybeans. Um, well, I mean, you can't tell by looking at it, but that's what it is. And then, um, and then it's also we're nearish to the Mississippi River, and so then that inflates land values too. So where we live, we were really priced out of the market and had to had to look north. Um, oh, so those it's, it's we face some challenges like academics do, where we're just like we can't really live here because there there's no way for us to get in. Right. Um, so you know, find another place. We we felt really That's- lucky that we found something within 50 miles. That's how Seattle's starting to be if you don't work for a very large tech company. Just totally. saying. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I have been, I've been watching. Yeah, I've been watching the land land prices and you know housing challenges in the in the Bay Area and other tech hotspots, mm-hmm. and uh, it does it makes me it makes me glad that I'm dealing with the problems that I am with housing. <laughs> right. Like sure. they, they feel, they feel surmountable, but you know, I mean, it makes me think back, like what if I had stayed in the, in the city and stuff and, um, you know, trying to make it as a, as a writer. And, um, I don't know. I don't know how I would do that. I would probably be living 50 it's miles hard. away from the city. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, yikes. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Do you want to go? Go I'm just really curious about some of the crops that you grow. Yeah. So like oh, you have you have this pasture yeah. and you have this forest. I mean, I was like, do you forage for stuff in the forest or tell we me do. what you grow? <laughs> yeah, we do. We forage in the forest and uh, you know in wetlands and mushrooms. Uh, I I wish I was a little bit better at it right now. I seem to be a lot better at finding mushrooms before I was <laughs> serving customers directly of course um, yeah, i mean it's just yeah it's it's uh it's like writer's block but you know with <laughs> food mushrooms block <laughs> with fungi exactly. <laughs> um so yeah we uh we serve a lot of you know garden favorites things that would that would uh you know be totally familiar to just about anyone uh zucchini and beans and cucumbers and tomatoes uh, those are some of the bulky things in summer um but we mm. also serve a lot of forage things and uh that includes like black cap raspberries um mm. we served uh some ground nuts which is an unusual um yeah i wanted to find out more about that what are those from you so- <laughs> Yeah, they're. I just I think that there's they're so fascinating, and you'd almost never notice them. They kind of live underneath, you know, everything. Um, so they'll grow in a stream bank, and it's a bean, in a way. Like the flowers look like beans. Um, it's they're high in protein, uh, but basically it looks like like a a necklace or something. Weird. Uh, all flowers are all strung along. The necklace. So when you get into a cool spot where the sand is loose, you can just pull on this whole big string, and all of these tubers come out following it. Um, so I would imagine that your customers need to know what to do with them, right? Like I wouldn't know what you just eat them, like pop them in your mouth, kind of thing. 
Well, it's there are, you know, and that is the thing about a lot of different wild foods is that there is a specific way to prepare it. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, in that case with groundnuts, they're best peeled and boiled first. Ah. And I'm talking about groundnuts. I have to say to folks who are listening, the Latin name is Apios Americana. Um, It is not related to what, um, you know, like an African eater would Think of a groundnut as being a peanut. Peanut, That's right? Yeah. Oh, okay. In other, in other places. So this one is an American native, and um, you know we've recommended that people try it as um, in place of chickpeas in a hummus. Oh, oh so it can mash up. Uh, yeah, it's it's Once you it, boil it. mashed up. Um, yep. So it has uh, some some qualities like mashed potatoes because it's a bit starchy, but it has. Three times more protein than a potato. Ooh, hot tip for all those uh, veggies out there. And I know it's yeah. the next quinoa. Groundnuts. Yeah, it really could be. <laughs> and it's it is really quite sustainable because uh, it propagates itself. Um, you always miss a few tubers, and then they're off to the races the next year. <laughs> and uh, I don't think you could find them all. It's kind of one of the. It's it can really be a hunt. Cool. So, so you said they like to grow in in sandy sandy areas. Yeah, sand. Cool we're trying. We're experimenting because we're experimenting with different soil types and and growing uh, because um, there. What's really interesting in Minneapolis is that there seems to be uh, a lot more interest in in native crops, um, foods that that tribes ate um, back before colonization. Um, oh, is this and like a paleo thing? Built- there's an aspect of it that's paleo, although what it seems to be more developing more into is an expression of Native American culture, ah, um, specifically mm-hmm. uh, Chef Sean Sherman, who it, I believe is doing really wonderful work to bring uh, these Native crops to a, a culinary kind of standpoint. He's been uh, doing a food truck called Tatanka Truck. And there's just been an announcement that he is opening a restaurant that is all focused on um, wild foods that you can find uh, in the mid- in the upper Midwest. Cool. Um, so we just had, it is really just one of the most exciting things that's happened to me as a farmer or forager. But I got to bring some ground nuts um, for him while he was working on his new cookbook recently. Um, so that Ooh, was, very- that is that has been a high point of my career, although awesome. <laughs> I really want to do more. So I'm really excited that there are folks who are, you know, finding these hyper local flavors and, um, you know, things that just really define an area. It's really exciting to see this kind of Midwestern yeah. identity urge from, you know, folks ideas about like grape salad and tater tot hot dish and right. things like that. <laughs> No, I mean, that's kind of maybe what you think of when you think of Midwestern It is, for sure. I think, and I think probably lots of areas have that sort of, you know, it's like, it's sort of like a harkens back to like a 50s, you know, ambrosia Mm -hmm. salad vibe. (laughs) Like food stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of stereotypes, can I ask you you two a question about Seattle? Sure, yeah. Sure. What would you you say are, you know, like the, the defining foods of you know that area like what what would you put mm-hmm. on you i've or got one <laughs> i've got one you go jenny seattle dog oh seattle dog so fucking delicious yes <laughs> um, have you heard of this barrett seattle 
No, I haven't. Tell me about that. It's, I mean, it's really the only thing that is a little bit different than a place, other places that have hot dogs. Is Seattle dogs always have cream cheese on them? It's a hot dog. Which yeah. it's this, a hot dog. This, which sounds disgusting, but so it's like you can have onions, so relish, good. ketchup, uh, mustard, etc. But it has to have cream cheese on it. Oh, and I, I'm a vegetarian now, but when I moved here 16 years ago, I had one and. I was, I was about to eat it. And I was, or somebody had one, and they're like, "Go on, try, try it." And I was like, "That looks gross." And I ate it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Transported to heaven. Totally, it was, they're really good. <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my head. The, which the is other thing kind that of popped terrible. In, we're known. The, the other thing food. that popped into my head is gooey duck. That's mm. what I was thinking yes. of. Right? I looks like my just work, big bloated. Dicks. Just went. It does. That's and someone exactly. at my work just went um, gooey duck hunting, I guess you'd call it, uh, this weekend on the coast with his family. And he was telling me he woke up, I guess he went hunt, gooey duck hunting on like Monday or Monday. And he had the hardest time. They had to dig for like 45 minutes to get to this gooey duck. Ooh. And then the next day he woke up and he said his whole body was sore because he had to like, after they were digging, he had to like stick his hand in the sand and he was holding on to this thing and like the waves were co- coming in because the tide was coming oh in and he gosh. finally got it out. And this is all for like, like probably like, um, I don't know, like an eight inch long gooey duck maybe, you know, so not like, yeah. That's um, something I will they, never they, even try. Like I I've can't tried even it. go there. I've had it. Really? I had it thinly, yeah, thinly sliced and seared and it was actually quite good, but I think when you thinly slice a lot of things and sear it, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you could do it to like a cell yeah, phone and I it mean, would be tasty. Yeah, when, when you get some good fat involved. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, you could probably. But yeah, gooey duck's a good one. Definitely. Yeah, there and aren't salmon. many others. There, I mean, I haven't really, I don't know, you don't really hear about a lot of it. We're known for salmon that apparently has, what was it? Cocaine and something else in it. <laughs> Heroin well, or something. Are, the fish are all on drugs now. It's <laughs> yeah, too, even terrible. our fish. Oh, God. Even it's our a fish. generational thing, though. I'm <laughs> I'm sure they'll they'll say the same thing about the generation of salmon. That it's true. It's true. <laughs> totally. So Barrett, how how it are you guys managing without water out there? Like what? Because I mean, are you just literally at yeah. the mercy of nature? Like your plants and crops get watered if like the sky decides to, and that's it. Because it seems like a lot of farms I, they have like big trucks that like water the land for them and stuff irrigation system yeah yeah well so we do have a we have enough water that we can use to get things established and that just means like we can see that it's putting on new growth just on its own in the soil so when we are doing planting season that's when we're watering the most out of a trailer Mm -hmm. and uh, that's brought over by our our neighbor um and we'll, you know, kind of take turns. Uh, we'll fill up, fill up this trailer of about 400 gallons. Um, we have had years where we have gotten all of our plants established in the garden uh, by hand hauling water. Um, mm. But we have with under 400 gallons. Wow. There, have been, there was a past season where we didn't actually use all of the water in the first load of the trailer. So some years uh, you're, you're very lucky because you... Have, you have to have really a dry day for, yeah. you know, planting, I guess. I mean, dry, dry enough so that it, it's just not a mess. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been out there with a seed packet, like, well, it's 
raining or it is just the most hilarious disaster it just, it just doesn't work <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like it, if you reach into a pocket and then there's like tobacco in there and it just gets all over your hands or i don't know <laughs> i mean it's just it's one of those classic me- it's like it's like glitter but each Ugh. piece of glitter has to go in just the right spot yeah <laughs> so wow. it's finicky stuff I always, whenever I think of farming, I do think of like the weather just like fucking everything up for you, you know, like, like, what do you do about winter? Well, when winter, um, we have been in a paradigm where, you know, there, let's see, it, it's dependent on the vehicle. Um, this, this, uh, this past winter, we had some difficult access to the farm. Actually, each, each winter has brought its own problems for access, but on the other hand, there isn't um, always a ton to do out there in the wintertime. So yeah. what we're usually doing is starting, uh, like this year, we took some extra time in December and January to get started with our spring planting. Um, like you can is, do that? Isn't the ground frozen? Well, I mean, it, it, inside, like under under lights, we, we don't have a greenhouse. I mean, not out at the farm. So we have some lights and okay. an aquaponics table. And that's how we get all of our plants started. Actually, we I think we are growing about two acres of plants, and all of the transplants were started in our house. Wow! Oh, I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, it's really I I had no idea we could really like kind of bring it to this level. It's really surprising. It takes mo- many many trips to bring all of the plants. How did you learn how to do all this? Did you just read like a million books or like? Google I became question everything. You're like, <laughs> yeah, how to plant plants? What does Google to say? start zucchinis? <laughs> I, I, I did actually just ask Google a lot of questions starting out. Yeah. Uh, and I started, you know, I, I, yeah, I started on like, you know, large topics, you know, the just theory about things like deep green ecology and permaculture. Um, and then on down to, you know, things like soil science and, Seed types. I mean, I, I basically, uh, my, my final year working on my graduate degree, um, I just buried myself in seed books and, um, you know, growing books, cookbooks, um, things on sustainability and green living and, um, you know. Did you, just, did you reference was, cookbooks to see like what sort of things were best you know, would appeal to people and be sustainable and be more able to use in recipes or was it like a nutritional thing? Like it's, it was kind of a, like everything that I could get my hands on, although yeah, just related I to it. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of things were related to preserving. So there's the canning angle, which, Oh, you do know, you guys do that too? Yeah, we do some canning. Cool. Oh, cool. For sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, God, where do you put all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it's do you, do you have like a second bedroom that's just all like canned <laughs> things and preserves? We have like, we have like kind of a, a store. Actually. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it really is a lot like a store. A mercantile. There's, yep. There's like, there's a, there's a freezer with, uh, you know, the, the vegetables and fruits and there's a, a freezer for meat and fish. Um, but then there, we have, uh, you know, several large shelves with um canned goods and then we also store our dry food in mason jars i i i really believe like mason jars are probably one of the one of the best inventions of 
the last 150 years. I mean, mm, they haven't changed. A million weddings would agree. <laughs> yeah, and, a, and, a, and the wedding. Yes. Well, and somebody is having really good canning after those weddings. I, I know. That. Some, somebody in like the Goodwill is like, oh my Lord, <laughs> I have a place for my pickled asparagus to go. <laughs> so do you guys, you guys don't have any like livestock though, right? No, we don't. That part is, uh, it, it is just really too risky to entrust an animal's life when you don't have a certainty about, you know, being able to meet its basic needs. And there are some times where we feel like we're, we're really suffering because, you know, like we will be working and then we'll, we'll run out of our drinking water, um, yeah. you know, something like that. And, you know, sometimes it'll cut a, a day short. Sometimes it'll cut some work short. Uh, but, you know, an animal can't make that choice, um, it, you know, unless maybe they're down by the pond or something like that. But, you know, it's really just like a, we want to make make sure that we do that right and, and treat the animals' lives with respect from, you know, start to finish. Um, totally. Really look forward to it, though. I mean, they are going to have some really delicious pasture. Yeah. So one day yeah. then. One one day, and there have been cattle on the land. They're they're really they're really fun to be around. Um, I I miss that. Uh, at both farms, there have been um, you know cattle around while I've been living here and getting started, and mm-hmm. it's been mainly at a distance. I I I still don't really have that experience, um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. There are a lot of supportive folks that that we can ask questions of and. Uh, and other people into especially you know pastured grazing, uh, mm-hmm. grass fed, and and things like that. They're not very smart too. though. I love oh. them. But they're not <laughs> smart. They have, they have <laughs> such beautiful eyes. Um, I was curious too. Like, do you you had said like at your home that you have like a big freezer for like meat and fish? Like, do you ever do like trades with like say you know um, somebody who raises cattle for meat or raises pigs for meat? Like, do you say like, hey, we'll give you. I don't know, like a season's worth of delicious produce if you give us like, I don't know, a side of beef or something. I haven't done a lot of that. And it generally has a bit more to do with the CSA because um, we we really focus a lot of our attention on making sure that everyone gets everything that they want. Um, yeah. So in, sure. especially in the, yeah, the first couple of years, um, we... We served just about everything, just about everything that we grew. So uh, actually, I mean, we got done with the first year and we were like, it's November. Let's eat. And then we were like, <laughs> right. we didn't, like, we didn't put anything up. We get we they ate it all. It's great. That's awesome. Um, Did you have to go to the store and get some <laughs> get some greens? Oh, but yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. We were like, oh, really? you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there are totally there are really hilarious situations that that farmers find themselves in with with buying food. You know, um, well, some of them are hilarious and some of them are actually really indicative of, you know, some some problems going on in in agriculture and you know just our society. Um, but I mean, there are definitely times where you know you realize that you served all of the tomatoes and you just want like one on your sandwich at night and right like, that is oh my god through, a really sad story you know, <laughs> like, like garden fuck. a fresh garden tomato is one of the most beautiful things in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they really are worth it they're yep. they're yeah. absolute that the flavor so, is hard to even describe yeah 
Speaking yeah. of like community, how is it? Like, are you pals with lots of other farmers? Do you guys like help each other out? Is it super competitive? Like, what's that like? It, it's interesting. Um, we have a lot. Well, I mean, first of all, I can think of all of my friends who are farmers and, and I, I'm re- inspired by them constantly and watch what they do. Um, it's there is enough of like a catalyst here in our area and in mm-hmm. a general wide swath from the Twin Cities down to Chicago, where there's a lot of um, folks making a food culture real cool. um, at restaurants or um really improving food cooperatives our food cooperative movement here is really strong and so that really benefits farmers and makes sure that you know as people are going more toward organic that like you know um you know the 25 year old new farmer down the block isn't going to be you know like left out from that career um so we we get a chance to see folks really infrequently um but like like other people we stay in touch via social media and see each other at conferences in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm and our situation of course is different because I don't know, it's, we know we're making local food, but at the same time we're like, which, you know, like which community do we hang out in? Yeah. Um, and it's really split up among a bunch of different places. So, um, yeah. I, one question I had when Mary and I were talking about this interview um do you guys ever get to take vacation or like yeah. what happens if somebody's sick yeah it's only the two oh, of that, you and it, yeah yeah those are really interesting questions well we try to make as much time for ourselves as possible during the off season um okay. and then we take parts of days or like mornings are pretty special the coffee time um so we <laughs> need to have time to be effective <laughs> And and the time spent on it is always worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some wind down time. So the beginning and the end of the day, like darkness, it, you know, it's finding yeah, finding a break. It's it's less looking at your, you know, calendar because you have no idea what's going to happen in terms of weather. It dictates you know what you do. So you try yeah. to just set aside some time when you know that there's very few things that are really effective. So like, do you like, go on vacation it, in the winter? In the winter time, um, no, not really. Um, I have I went I went to uh, Florida to visit some family, but Joe hasn't been away for a long time. Wow, it, we're, we're really deep. And do you, are you guys during the winter? Are you doing like prep work for the next planting season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're starting. We start things. Um, you know, the the plants, the seeds. Uh, we we do a lot of crop planning, um, but we're also um, since we do a CSA that's direct to folks, we are, you know, reaching out to businesses to ask them to host our, our drop sites. And, uh, you know, we're, we're hitting the streets in Minneapolis and Eau Claire and trying to meet people and, um, let them know about the opportunities that are available with the CSA. Um, yeah. like with ours. So when you're not farming, you're, you're having a market. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, you go from one thing to, to the next. I mean, I thought when I would be doing this, I, you know, it's like, well, I will be dirty and there will be seeds and there will be plants and there'll be washing. But really, I find myself doing um, coding and inventory, um, lots of communication, social media, yeah, uh, photography, definitely. Um, I 
wonder why I didn't continue on with photography instead of creative writing. <laughs> what are you taking there, photos of? Of food. food. Um, <laughs> but then, what's that? And then are you like food? posting it on Instagram or something? Well, I should be posting on Instagram, but I've, currently I've been sort of like dropping them into, you know, like this deep, dark void of, of Facebook. Um, ah. So it's a way for folks to verify what we're doing and, and where we are. Um, you know, I think if I just took pictures of the food, basically like all prepared, it would, you know, like if I show like berries in a crystal dish, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was a really different impression about like where that came from. So it, it's important for me to take pictures while I'm out foraging and, and the things that are in the environment, I'm sure for all uh, you know, who are looking at food or people who are interested in a farm are maybe going to be surprised that we're posting pictures of bugs. Um, but we do because it's part of what we're not doing, which is exactly. you know, spraying poison. Mm-hmm. I so think that's it's important awesome. For us. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people will, uh, I'm sure some people would be turned off by looking at insect damage <laughs> or... Um, it's just real, man. You know, yeah. I know. Yeah, and so it, it it's just proof that we're not using any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So do you... Okay, one thing that I would have a hard time with living in the country is I think I would start to feel, like, kind of isolated and, like, maybe even, like, scared that, like, <laughs> I... You know, you get the whole, like, nobody can yeah. hear you scream like, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they can hear you. They just don't care. Oh. <laughs> So is it like, are you talking about like the heebie-jeebies, like the, uh, you know, <laughs> Basically. like the car, like your, your friend's car pulls away from you on a dark road and there's no yeah. one around that feeling. Yeah. Oh I'm, my from God. Like, I'm from New England. I'm from New England. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just, I was just going to say, I feel like we kind of invented the heebie-jeebies in New England. So I totally understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, go ahead, Mary. The one of the scariest things, like I can experience, is like driving in at night through the country, and like all you can see is just what's right in front of you through your headlights, and like you know that there's vastness on either side, and it's just the opposite of the city where you can see everything, and there's lights, and it's houses, and you know, scary. The yeah, and like. The, the feeling like, you know, if something really bad happens to me, there there are ways that, like, I can make sure that, you know, someone else at least is in on it. Right. Or somebody you know, might hear you if you call like for help. Someone or... I can call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and s- I think with that, it's definitely something that you, you know, start with. If it's, some you know, if you want to be the kind of, uh, you know, active person who... You know, like it's outside all the time, you know, because you have to, because you're working or because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you're out in the woods. Um, you somehow have to like push past it. Um, yeah, just like get over it. And and that's the temporary part. Once you once you have the temporary part that you kind of get past, you've spent enough time out there to realize that nothing bad has happened. Yeah. But that's generally, a, you know, a good part. Um, I don't think I've, you know... I mean, ultimately, you never really spend much time thinking about animals or wildlife. That's that's, that's not. Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound ignorant, but is there is there a lot or are there a lot of like threatening? Is there a lot of threatening there wildlife are. out there? <laughs> OK. Like what's what's out there? Are I there mean, like. Well, like bears. Not always I, I'm so ignorant. Or like, like, even like rabbits that want to eat all your shit. You got to keep them away. Well, 
I was like, yeah, I'm, with, I'm, I'm glad you finished that with they want to eat all your shit. Because I'm like, what kind of rabbits do they have in Wisconsin? <laughs> Killer rabbits? Well, I mean, fun, fun, fact, fun fact about rabbits is that they actually eat their own shit. Oh, God. Little fuckers. Oh, oh it's, well, it's small. It's compact. <laughs> well, no, I can see how they'd be sure like, oh, look. Somehow. Well, yeah. I, scientists, biologists are, are going to have a problem. Listen, but so they have they have their poop. But then they have this other thing called a cecotroph, and it's like oh. how, um, like ruminating animal, like they, okay. they're like recycling the cellulose that they didn't digest the first time around. Okay, because ah. they're vegetarians. They're ve- yeah, and they're vegetarians. Well, cats yeah. do that too. I feel I like thought. they have like nine stomachs or something. <laughs> yeah, that's how many they have. Nine. <laughs> I, I no think idea. it's actually fifteen. Holy shit! Gross. I'm weird. Um, that's too many. That is too it's many. Too many I object. <laughs> Cows back on the stomachs. <laughs> so, like, on, but I want to say on the wildlife question, and it's because yeah. we do. It's interesting because we like we just see enough that, like, I can say, um, when we were doing our last forage, um, we saw a beaver swimming. Cool. Uh, we, uh, a, uh, it sounded like a turkey. It was very large. You can generally tell the difference between like pheasants and turkeys taking off in the woods. Yeah. Um, so a turkey or, you know, a pheasant, I guess. Um, but there are always you know, eagles and hawks. Um, there are some times when, honestly, it is very much like, you know, just sort of this wild kingdom kind of. Yeah. Aspect. You're like Snow White. I, mean, I opened the <laughs> gate one day and, and it's like, I should get my camera because there's a bear down there by the pond. Um, so like I'm getting my camera to take a picture of the bear and this like and this pheasant basically almost like comes running right at me. Wow. And um and then as soon as that's passed, then we're we're listening to the sandhill cranes, which anyone who wants to hear really unusual like dinosaur like bird with just a really amazing call listen to a sandhill crane i'm writing it down right now because cool. i will listen to it when we're done with this <laughs> i love yeah. Jenny's I love, evening plans it is it's true <laughs> you know me mary you know i will i know you will <laughs> um so, do you have, the, do you have the, foxes out there too we have foxes and we have seen them a bit you hear coyotes on a nightly basis oh, and oh, yeah okay one really unusual um wildlife that we have at our farm it's just a small pack of wolves Ooh, that is crazy um, yeah it's it's pretty crazy and um you know you think to yourself one thing living out in the country you hear coyotes all the time Mm -hmm. um doing that weird crazy ritualistic laughing thing that they do and so that it that can be unnerving although when you have a dog and they get excited everybody's just happy Um, (laughs) but when you hear a wolf it's it's chilly like yeah i was gonna say like hair probably stands up on your neck you're like oh that's a that's a predator and your dog's just like i can't fight that that's not a German shepherd, you know, yeah. like you know it in your head. So totally. that's those kinds of experiences. It's it, it. It doesn't feel like anything to be afraid of, but like it's something that you start kind of just yearning to experience more. It's something that you end up having having fun doing that kind of uncertainty I, where, you're, you know, a, a wild animal could 
just pop out right here. Sure. Yeah. I also love that. I mean, I sense from just talking to you that like you respect, you obviously respect nature. And so it's that feeling of like a little bit of fear, but also respect. And, you know, it's, it's nice because I think a lot of people react to that fear with like, I want to destroy that thing versus mm-hmm. like, I, I recognize that this thing is beautiful and, and could kill me, but, um, I respect it just because we're all part of nature together. Stay you know? on each other's paths, man. Give each yes. other some space. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Those Absolutely. animals are just doing their thing. Yeah. What about As the animals though? What about the animals though that are trying to eat your crops and like get at your stuff? Do you have a little conversation? Um, <laughs> well, so they we have a couple rules. Well, and <laughs> that you've established with nature. <laughs> the most the most important one is that we get to decide what lives and dies at our own house. Yeah. Uh, that's one, that's one thing where, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I can, you know, take the spider outside. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. like if something is trying to like, you know, maybe get into the food or it's just some, you know, annoying thing that you're going to, you know, find in the bathroom sink. No, I mean, it, it's gotta go. It, like we live here. Right. This is you're just, talking about silverfish, aren't you? Oh God. But <laughs> more like earwigs. With- what, those, those, there are a few things I will kill. Without mercy, earwigs are one of them. Silverfish <laughs> yeah, are another. It's a big deal for you, Jenny. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I've even let Absolutely. ants continue to live now, which is wow. a huge deal. Well, actually, not totally. Let's not, let's not swear on that. But um, <laughs> yeah. So those those things definitely we we try not to have any problems killing because we we just we we have to have a, a sanitary space. I don't know. It's it's just a human thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, at the farm, it's different. We we you know like try we gauge things on a case-by-case basis like one does it need to die or is it just going to like do that on its own um in a lot of cases like you can generally just wait a, you know a couple of weeks and you know if there's a plant bug for instance like four-line plant bug eating all of your herbs and leaving these spots on it it's like well just cut those off and then like it'll be gone by july mm. so um, but then, uh, you know, other things you have to just be like, well, what is eating the lovage? I, it just it keeps growing, but then it keeps disappearing. And then you yeah. look at it and the, there are caterpillars and you're like, well, I don't you know, they're they're undeveloped. Uh, you come back a couple days later. They are developed and you can tell they're black swallowtail caterpillars. And what does that mean? What do you do about well, that? They're well, they're black swallowtail butterflies and they're just beautiful. They're just oh. they're fantastic. And. It's for that reason that we we let some of these crops just you know they they're they're food for us and for our customers and some has to end up going to the wildlife that you know like makes this an intact ecosystem. Wow. Uh, we not only get butterflies. Like, yeah, it's, it's a cool I way mean, to look at it. What else? What else can you do? And I mean, I, I couldn't imagine the farm without. Um, you know, we we take um, you know some special pride in. Holding on to our milkweed because of the monarch population. So I love uh, milkweed. It's so beautiful. It's it's absolutely beautiful. The the blooms smell fantastic. Um, what I've learned as a forager is that there are many edible parts. Really? Uh, yeah, in stages. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, I just always fact, loved the pods when they would explode. It was so pretty. Oh well, and in fact, yeah, they're the pods when they're when they're dry. Um, that is so much fun, and those that dried fluff used to be used as um, life preserver um, <gasps> material. I had no so idea. That was, uh, so interesting. That was a wartime, yeah, that was a wartime thing. 
Um, wow. But the pods, the pods themselves too, when they're immature and they're, and they're tight, uh-huh. um, you can take that white. It would become fluff, but it's like a curd. It's like nature. Yeah, the milky cheese. stuff inside. Yeah, well, the it just in the pod, and um, it is like a cheese substitute. You can it's eat it. Kind of melty, yeah. It's edible. Wow. The the shoots themselves are are edible, and um, you're blowing my mind over here. <laughs> so I mean, it's that's I can't wait to grow more because I would like to eat more. But right now, we just save them for for the monarchs, and we just we we plant and grow around them. It's no big deal, and. Uh, but I, likewise, I just couldn't imagine the land or farming without monarchs and some, somebody's got to, you know, be a positive part of that. Right. And it's no skin off our back at all. I'm, I'm, I'm having this beautiful vision of you and it's Joe, right? Yeah. Of, of you and Joe, like walking through your beautiful lush garden and like the height of summer (laughs) and there's monarchs and was it black swallow butterflies just floating oh around and alighting on you and so you're like bucolic. eating a berry here and I know I'm just like oh <laughs> so yeah dreamy those parts are yeah that's that's absolutely like what all of the work is all about and that's those times incredible. walking through the garden yeah it's it's incredible I mean there's a part of it where you're like I'm 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 so happy that, you know, we did this work, but then also this happened. But then there were these other passive things. These animals just showed up and we found these, you know, wild foods that tasted incredible and we'd never find it in a store. And those days make it all worthwhile. Do you just do you just like have winter nights by the fire where you sip blackberry wine and recount your (laughs) summer memories? I'm seriously like I'm romanticizing your entire life. It's just going to be something that I used to go to sleep at night. Although for me, like, and right now what I'm thinking about is the winter nights that I'm going to be having where I'm, you know, tippling just a little bit of elderflower syrup in things because... You guys grow elderflowers? Oh, yeah. It just gets better and better. Jenny, you just need to move to Wisconsin. If you you tell me that you grow your own potatoes and have, like, (laughs) scalloped potatoes with elderflower, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm going off. <laughs> this is like a vegetarian's fantasy right now. Um, <laughs> so the elderflowers, yeah, like, did they grow naturally? Did you plant them? Uh, they they actually just happened to be in the area where we were planting our garden, and um, yeah, I mainly see them on roadsides, but I I don't I don't forage on roadsides. Um, so Pollution. I was really, I you know I guess so. Although I found that. It, there has been some research that shows that it, it's marginal, um, mm-hmm. but there are still some concerns. It's mainly just that there's people there. You like yeah. to just kind of go to a pristine place. Um, but what was my other point? Pardon me. Elderflower. Oh, I was I was very fixated on the elderflower mm-hmm. liqueur oh, well, that you we were making. About that for sure. Oh, syrup. I, excuse me. You didn't say liqueur. I took it to the alcoholic place. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, it can definitely go there. That's it's, it's ready made for that. Um, but yeah, it's, I, you know, I just love having like a tablespoon of it in, in, you know, just tonic water or, you know, I mean, it's oh, yeah. just, it's the flavor alone is just, it's so hard to describe. I mean, sometimes it's floral, sometimes it's citrusy or you get like this ginger note or like linen. I don't know if I've that never, makes sense. I, I like, I think I understand. Like if you think of linen, 
as it's as a fabric and how it feels and how it makes you feel. Yeah, and I, versus are, p- putting it in, versus putting it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, yeah, so it's kind of it's one of those like wine terms where you're like it's like you know like blanket or you know and you're like how would you what is what you ate this that woman this woman that I work with today relayed a story of a friend of hers who drank some wine who is not a sommelier and isn't really versed in like wine terms which is totally fine no judgment but apparently she called a wine that she tasted sparky. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. Sparky. Like, it's just sparky to me. Like, all right, you know, if that's the word that comes to mind, free association. Yeah, fine. totally. <laughs> um, I have I like another that, random question for you. Um, so you guys are living out there in like red country. Like how are people like cool? Do you, I mean, I'm surrounded by State. just like flaming liberal liberals everywhere I go and very like-minded people and, um, I don't. I can't imagine living out in the in the Very conservative. Where, yeah, yeah. But, it's, I, I mean, stereotypically conservative. I mean, I'm sure there's people who are not. Yeah. You know, Pro Trump. Yeah, there. We. You know, I mean, it's. Uh, we we get to see both sides of it because, um, you know, like the valley that we that we live in. Um, you know, it's old families. Um, it's majority white. Uh, there are a significant uh, number of um, folks of uh, Hispanic descent and mm-hmm. they work on dairy farms. Uh, but then there are other places nearby that are like, you know, sort of like vacation resort community mm-hmm. and an, uh, an art town, um, you know, like, so there, there's bits of variation, although, you know, I have to say in, in general in the Midwest, like if somebody, you know, has a problem with you, they probably aren't going to say anything either. <laughs> that is so very true. Yeah. They're so, just going to kind of look at you and maybe you can like see it a little bit behind their eyes that they're judging you because they can tell that there's something about you they don't approve of, but they won't say it out loud because they're too polite. Oh, there, I, you sound yeah, scarred. God love them. <laughs> that look, absolutely. No, it's it, it ends up being a little bit, it's like half stink eye but then like the mouth is agape and you're just kind of like you're you're just really you don't like me or i haven't even said anything but anyway leave that i think you you get that new england too yeah yeah it's just it's yeah they're like you're not from around here are you that's mm -hmm. kind of a new england thing (laughs) that or if you've heard about um the habits of scandinavians Mm -hmm. at bus stops yes or in public, so it's it's like that where it's kind of like I can't believe you spoke to me right out here. They're horrified like, that you just yeah, burst their bubble. Yeah, and really, <laughs> it's just like all I can do is look at you in shock. I couldn't respond because then I would be speaking in public too, and then everyone would know. Right, oh. totally. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is my so. boyfriend. That is my boyfriend. <laughs> You're dating that person. Yeah, he's he's of Norwegian descent. <laughs> Yeah. I, he won't, he won't talk all. to me on a crowded bus. <laughs> he can uh, he can hear me right now. By the way, he's got the door open. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I have I have another question. Um, you had mentioned um, in an email that you and Joe are planning on building a tiny house. Yes, I want to hear about this. So we cool. are. It's like it. It's not. It's so happening. It's like not only really happening, but like I, like. It's the next thing that I have to go think about when we're not talking. Um, it's it's right on the verge of happening. We found um, a Wisconsin-based tiny home company. 
Wow. Um, I'm, I'm skipping all of the, the like years of meeting with architects and looking at like it just went on and on. It, okay. We've been trying to find a, a housing solution for the farm for a few years. And um, and the timetables always ended up being really long. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And things ended up inevitably, you know, being like, well, we're going to take six months during the summer for like construction. And that's You're really like, helpful. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, nope. I'm gonna be pretty busy then doing something else. You can work <laughs> yeah. on my like, get out of here. Um, <laughs> but they are actually going to be working on it. But I mean, it won't be on on site, so they'll be bringing it from Milwaukee. The name of the company is Utopian Villas. Cool. And is it like so? It's like prefab. Like you select a design and they build it to spec, or like yeah, they spec, have a but they build it based on yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have a fantastic design. Uh, what we chose is called the Denali, and um, I'm gonna have to everything look this is up. really, yeah, it's really beautiful. It's it's hard to uh, it's it's hard to describe her when you tell people like, you know, we're gonna be living in this amazing park model recreational vehicle, and the ideas are all over the place about what yeah. it's going to look like and and what your life is gonna be like. And um, I just have to say, you know, before anything exists, it's just going to completely suit us and our needs. We're, we just couldn't be more excited about it. When are you guys planning on having this? Like, when is it going to be built? Well, we should be getting a date here pretty soon. Um, but we're looking, we will be moving in by the end of the season. So Ooh, I think oh, it, cool. Yeah, it will be this year, this this fall. So before this winter, we will be... We will be out there and are you time. you gonna stay there over the winter or are you going to like are you yeah. gonna give up your other place oh god so you're gonna give up they, your other place or yep that's Absolutely. exciting like you- fully small so yeah rearranging sort of i mean i've described everything that we like do in our house too so we have to find um new solutions for these activities yeah like um, where to put all the cans <laughs> yeah like where to put where's the food Build going a shed. to go and yeah. put it in the freezers shed. It's the 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 questions are really interesting because yeah there there's equipment and storage and and food in the mix but we've taken a hard look at you know like what kind of space you actually really use inside and yeah and uh, and I think it's really going to work for us. That's incredibly exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for you. I'm sure you're excited for yourself, but <laughs> do you? I mean, bear- I'm. I'll be excited about it, just every part of it, and and. I'll, and I am thrilled when other people are excited too, because I yeah, know yeah. they've heard part of our story about what we've had to get through to, to get to that point for sure. Do you uh, do you roll your eyes when you hear people be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move out to the country and live simpler," and you're just like, "Yeah, dude, go for it. I sure you will." <laughs> you know, like people well, are always trying to act like you know the same people who say they're going to move to Canada if Trump gets elected. And oh my god, just, like, I'm totally, I am totally one of those people. Like, didn't <laughs> I say this weekend that I'm like, how come no one makes pig cheese? Somebody needs to make cheese out of pig's milk. <laughs> Stupid stuff like that. You can look to me to say, yeah, for sure. I'm looking now. Can you? Can you <laughs> I can. I can feel your your Midwestern stare. <laughs> like gawking um (laughs) what was the question again i don't know you just like roll your eyes at those people or do you think are you actually is it just well 
I think that that's sensible. I mean, I think that there are always ways that, you know, like we can take care of ourselves better. I mean, we're, we're crossing this really interesting point where most people's meals are being prepared, you know, by, by someone else. They're, they're in a restaurant or, yeah. you know, something like that. And so prepackaged stuff, processed yeah, stuff. And so less than half of, half of people are, you know, like making their own meals. And so like, you know, we've been trying to, yeah, it's really an incredible number. Um, I mean, it, it's great if you're in the restaurant yeah. business. Um, if you're a farmer, it's kind of like, where are these raw ingredients going to go? Yeah. But I think it's it, it's generally, I, I would recommend, you know, to anyone, well, maybe not to anyone, but to most <laughs> people, uh, to at least give it a try, you know, give some of these things a try, um, you know, just there's something different for each person, whether it's solar power or rain barrels or growing your own food or being a mm-hmm. part of a CSA definitely counts. Yeah. And, um, and each, each of those choices are going to be different for other people, but, um, there are a lot of really strongly concerning things going on with their environment. Um, for that, sure. like they have to be addressed by people changing their habits and there's no reason why that can't happen with, Lots of good food. Yeah, man. Uh, when the apocalypse goes down, you guys are set because you already know how to grow your own food. So you're, you just got to build a really big shade. wall around your food. Exactly. <laughs> just build a wall <laughs> around the food. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that we're not talking about Trump here. <laughs> wall, wall around your food. <laughs> the wall is going to, the, the food is going to pay for its own wall. I think <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Way to go, food. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, well, I hope that I hope that that is the case that we're, that we're all set up. But I know that um, I don't, well, the best laid plans, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Um. Cool. Let's, well, that's all the questions that I had. Yeah, Jenny, do you works. have anything else? No, but I'm feeling very soothed by this conversation. I have like beautiful visions in my head of harvesting and butterflies and it's really reassuring that like warm nights there are people out there howling living this amazing (laughs) lifestyle like that's not so encumbered by all of the like city craziness that we we deal with all the time it's a different kind of craziness it feels like a more i mean i don't i don't want to like you know diminish you know what anybody who goes to work you know and does whether it's at a computer or in a field but like it it just in some ways it feels like i don't know this is gonna sound so cheesy more like real you know you're like human yeah you're like i am out here and i'm growing these things so that i can eat or so that i can provide them to people so they can eat you know what i mean it's like a less there are yeah there are just super real you know aspects of things where you know i mean you catch yourself being like well i was gonna do this and it's raining and you're like we need rain you know, we, yeah. we need that. Like yeah. it's hot and it's sunny. Well, we need that. And yeah. like each of these parts is something that, that we need. And sometimes it's enjoyable and sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with you. And sometimes yeah, it, it makes really you much sucks. more flexible. Yeah. And just more understanding that like um, there are, you know, I mean, I think possibly in a self-centered, um, you know, society or, or uh, like a society where a lot of attention is inward focused and you realize just how much more there is out there that, um, that you don't have any control over. You, you can't yeah. control whether it's going to rain, whether the sun is going to come, 
or whether bugs are going to get your peppers or, you know, any of those things. Um, So it helps you. I mean, some things are like you plan better. Um, You also enjoy easier things more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a, that's a good strategy is, is (laughs) enjoying simpler things because Mm -hmm. the complicated things just break and go haywire. (laughs) I love that. yeah, it's it's uh, it's about attitude sometimes as much as it yeah, is. Yeah, I'm sure it would be a huge uh, adjustment of your, you know, your perception of what's like what's bad and what really is affecting you, you know? It's it's really interesting. So, yeah. Barrett, is there anything that you want us to like any websites you want us to go look at or yeah. anything like that? Where can we find um, information? I would say, well, like yeah, things that like you can refer to people um you know, I, I talked, I'd say, you know, pretty heavily about uh, Sean Sherman. One thing I didn't mention was the name of his project and his, like, brand is called The Sue Chef. Oh, cool. Um, but so that's S-I-O-U-X. Oh, I get it. Not like us, get it? It's a play on words. Not like a sous chef, like S-O-U-S. Cool. It's one of I know not all plays on words like work and sometimes we're like, oh, I wish they hadn't done that. But this guy is the real deal. Cool. So he's allowed. He's yeah, allowed like to do it. any play on words or whatever he wants. Nice. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I'd say, you know, our things that are connected with Broadacre Farm are definitely good for folks to see. I mean, we have pictures of a lot of the things that we talked about. Um, but On your if Facebook? You wanted, if, yeah, like on Facebook, and then um, we're and adding soon more to be on Instagram. On <laughs> Instagram. Um, <laughs> but if if folks are also interested in learning more about foraging, there's a Wisconsin author that I would like to recommend. Okay. And his name is Sam Thayer. Um, so he has two two books that are all about um, wild foods, and he covers a lot of the, you know, the things that that we've served already this year things that we do pretty frequently. He's really, he's pretty engaging. Oh, Sam Unless. Thayer. Mm, Sam Thayer. And then his books are called, uh, nature's garden and the foragers harvest. Nice. Okay. So and you'll, then you're, you said you even you're, just, Oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> We're so polite. You go ahead. I know. <laughs> well, we I really are so say, polite. <laughs> <laughs> the table of contents is just a really interesting thing to read because it'll open your eyes to all of these different, you know, foods that are around you. Granted, it's more more Midwestern focused, so you won't, you know, see some of the. And I am so jealous of some of the fantastic things that grow like out what? there. What are you most jealous of? What am I most jealous of? Um, ferns. Do you guys have those? We we have those. We we served some this year in the CSA. Nice. So that was pretty cool. Um, I would say like the year round mushroom foraging. Mm. Uh, that sounds incredible. And like the pine forests and moss and stuff, because here there are, it's a lot of vegetation. So yeah. it's a lot to see certain things. Um, but Maybe you need to spend your next winter vacation on a foraging trip to the Pacific Northwest. Ooh, we'll show you I around. Well, we'll try, but well, we'll be worthless. We we'll point you in the direction. <laughs> 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 It it can be done in this in some things can be done in the city and in parks too. Just uh, I have heard this, but I have not experienced it. It happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I found some really interesting things in urban places when I was actually making deliveries last year. 
I kept making deliveries to this one person's house. And every week I would go, she would have things growing in her yard that we had foraged. Wow. You know, and so, I mean, you know, on the one hand, like, I'm sure someone's, you know, kind of like, you know, why am I getting this? And it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's work to go out and, and harvest it. Well, and, yeah, and, and she it. should be eating it, too. It's probably not occurring to her, like, if it's growing well, in her yard. Like a but rabbit. I think it, it does ultimately then occur to people because, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll provide a recipe or, you know, like, sh- you know, share a picture of something we've, we've made. And that makes it pretty real. Yeah, so, definitely. That's and there aren't like a lot that. of new, yeah, there aren't a lot of new flavors under the under the sun. So you can often really compare things to one another. Like those milkweed shoots are a lot like green beans or asparagus. Oh, so I'm you know, fascinated by that. <laughs> Sorry, like I'm just like I, this has been very illuminating. Yeah, this has been awesome. So, Obviously, I could go on and on talking about this. Thank you so much for having me on your yeah, podcast. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. This has um, been so cool. And for letting us like dork out about like your really cool life that is the yeah. opposite of ours. Yeah. I'm Which really, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. See, oh, I was going to say I'm really honored that you <laughs> that you asked me. I'm I'm really thank you so much for asking me. Of course. It's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're doing really something is. really admirable that not a lot of people have the guts to do it's like it's a ton of work it's a ton of learning it's the huge you know like it's it's huge you're your own boss and it's yeah yeah and other other things that are huge and one thing i did not really talk about cast is just like literally how how much i depend on joe and like how how much he does you know for this effort i i wish i had gotten a chance to you know, talk about that more. Although I, the cat usually gets my tongue because I don't like to speak for, for other, for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, he's, a, he's essential. He's, he's half of this thing. He's a really awesome dude too. I can speak from experience. Yeah, Joe rules. Yeah. He Joe totally rules. I don't know him, well, but I'm you, just going to go along with it. <laughs> well, hopefully you will, because you know, I, even though it was a tease and I, I, I should probably let you two go pretty soon, but I, Joe and I, when we talk about vacations and where we would like to go and what we would like to do, it pretty much is focused. Like the next place that we want to go is Seattle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that it can happen soon. We, we basically like, we, we have to just like put a lot of these things off. Like once we, it's, it all comes down to the housing question. So now yeah. we're going to answer that and we're going to see what life is really like. They say life hap- like starts in your, 30s but we've been in our 30s for a while and we're like okay oh, we they, can sit with around the corner we want that they're totally wrong life starts whenever you want it to start Aww. says the woman in her 40s <laughs> uh, i'm gonna pin that jenny you are a pinterest <laughs> that i'm putting up right now oh dear god really <laughs> um so Mary, i already have it you... on a refrigerator magnet <laughs> <laughs> damn that was fast um <laughs> We um, thank you so much for talking to us, and yeah, it was really nice you. to catch up with you. Yeah, it was wonderful talking with both of you. Thank you for all of your interest, and I'll be looking forward to the podcast. And in the meantime, I'm going to look around for some materials so that I can, um, you know, talk about the the podcast coming up on on uh, you know some of our venues. I guess I have to but, say well, too, know. like. You have inspired me just in terms of like, I'm very much an amateur like cook, but you like talking about all these different ingredients and like Native American food. And uh, I'm just like, what? Mind blown. Very, very inspiring. Yeah. 
I'm inspired well, to eat it. Well, thanks very much. I. <laughs> What's that? I'm, expi- I'm inspired Mary's- to eat it because I hate cooking. <laughs> well, She's like, I, I don't like to chop things. <laughs> well, then I've done the right thing here today. You have. Yeah. Cool. Really. Well, Thank thanks, you again Very much. Bye. You, you both have a good night. Bye now. So this was Unsolicited with Jenny Yule and Mary O'Regan. I did a little weird background for you. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening again. Uh, if you like what you listen to, please subscribe to our podcast. Um, and also, we'd love it if you gave us some wonderful stars if you liked it. Um, our theme music is by Seattle band Wimps. They're awesome. They're an awesome band. Great people. And our cover art is by Allie Crichton. She's a wonderful artist. And also, uh, she's a jewelry designer. And she's launching her website soon. Ooh. Bum, 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 bum. Get on that. Um, I believe it is the name of her, her, her company. She does, like, prints and jewelry is Tiny Tropics. And I believe it's going to be tinytropics.com. I can verify that so the cool. next podcast. Her aesthetic um, is dope. Yeah, she's great. She's fantastic and, like, the sweetest human person in the world. Um, and if you have suggestions for things we should talk about in the future, feel free to email us at unsolicited.jenny.mary at gmail.com. Please don't send us hate mail. That makes us cry. <laughs> but you can love send mail. us little love notes if you want. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think that's it. I'm going to, after we get off this little thing here, I'm going to go look up Sandhill Cranes and what they sound like. <laughs> Dork alert. I wrote it down, man. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> anyway, all right. Thanks, Bam. everybody. Bye.